Welcome into the Daily Illini Sports Podcast. It's Josh Peach and Carson Gordy here to preview Illinois' game on Saturday against Purdue, 11 a.m. Memorial Stadium. And Carson, it's the biggest game for Illinois football in probably 15 years. Yeah, you know, it's not the sexiest opponent on the planet, but it's the most on the line. Like, if Illinois wins this game, they are going to the Big Ten Championship. Like, I'm very confident that Illinois will knock off Northwestern. Like, they just have to get by Purdue. And Purdue does, you know, showcase some challenges. You know, they have, you know, Charlie Jones. It's a great wide receiver. Aiden O'Connell, statistically, is usually one of the top quarterbacks in the country or in the Big Ten. But this Purdue team's been struggling the past couple weeks. I mean, Wisconsin and Iowa really took control of the line of scrimmage. That's something that Illinois wants to replicate. Because against Michigan State... That defense line was nowhere near on par as usual. Yeah, I mean, even if Illinois would have beaten Michigan State, this game would be for the unofficial Big Ten West Championship. Yes. So even though Illinois had a disappointing loss last week to Michigan State, 23-15, to 15, they're still in the same position. They can still go 9-3, and three, win the West, and get to that Big Ten Championship game. And, you know, you said it, like, Iowa was able to put up 24 points compared to Purdue's three Last week, Iowa ran all over them, 200 yards. And lucky for Illinois, well, they have the best running back probably in the Big Ten. Yeah, you know, you would think that Chase Brown can replicate that kind of production, but Chase Brown's had 100 yards every game. You know, Chase Brown had 100 yards against Indiana, and he had over 100 yards against Michigan State. I guess what hurt Illinois was just being too predictable in short yard situations. Yeah, It's going to be interesting to see if Barry Lunny does mix in more passes when it's third and two, when it's fourth and goal. Yeah, the interesting thing about Chase Brown is that, you know, he's leading the country in yardage which over with over 1,300 yards. He's only got five touchdowns. It's crazy. Purdue's uh, main running back, and I'm going to blank on his name, of course, has less than half the yards, but he has six touchdowns. Do you think this, like, lack of touchdowns for Chase Brown, does that speak to the red zone struggles? Is it just the type of offense Illinois is in? Like, why isn't Chase Brown scoring more? Yeah, I don't know. Illinois sold for a lot of field goals this year. Um, you know, three against Iowa. They had four against Minnesota. Um, you know, against Wisconsin, Tommy DeVito gets three rushing touchdowns within the one yard line. You know, so I think it's just super spread out about who's scoring. I just think overall, Illinois only averages 24 points a game. Yeah. I mean, it ranks 90th in all college football. This team has been predicated on defensive success. Yeah. And when the defense doesn't have an A-plus game, like against Michigan State, they lose. Yeah, it's Devin Mockaby, by the way, who has those six rushing touchdowns compared to Chase's five. And now, granted, Chase does have a few touchdowns in the air. He's been good about, you know, catching touchdowns from uh, Tommy DeVito and wheel routes. But like you said, the offensive production just really hasn't been there. Like yeah. last week, they outgained Michigan State by 150 yards. Well, you only put up 15 points on the board because can't score from first and goal on the three or yeah. you're what one for six on fourth downs. Like it's, it's that play calling and key you know, key uh, scenarios that Barry Lunny just couldn't execute last week. Yeah. We saw against Indiana. We saw against Michigan State. Those were two very similar games. You know, it's fourth and one. You know, you got to you got to change it up. And I will say after Indiana, that was another game where Illinois turned the ball over too much. And even though Barry Lunny had a pretty good day offensively, Ryan Walters had a very bad last drive and he learned from it. The defense has been great since then. Against Michigan State last week, maybe they didn't bring their A game, but they were still pretty good. Michigan State was only like one for six on third downs. So then against Michigan State, people are turning the ball over. Ryan Walters and his defense were fine, but Barry Lunny was the one that had a bad game. So you hope he learns from this. Maybe Illinois puts up some points uh, on the board against Purdue. You know, they're used to the cold weather now. It shouldn't be as windy. And the thing to think about, though, is that 
Yes, Purdue gave up 24 points to Iowa and allowed 200 yards on the ground, but that Michigan State defense was just so depleted, and that's what was so concerning about the 15 points last week. They stacked the box. Like, there's still three and four-star players. Like, they made Tommy DeVito try to beat them. Yeah. And I don't think Barry Lunny picked that up. I think he still relied on, well, Chase Brown has 130 yards. True, but it was only four yards of carry. Like he wasn't gashing the defense. There wasn't game changing, you know, Kenneth Walker plays. Like it was a very boring offensive approach. Yeah. And then for Illinois on offense, I, I always love to talk about it. Tommy DeVito's very good in option scenarios, yeah. specifically moving to his right. And on all of those uh fourth or third and short plays, he didn't get one single option. That's something that Barry Lunny just missed. Like, did he not want to, you know, have to rely on the tight ends? Maybe, but when the middle of the field's open for a big body like Luke Ford, that's something you got to take advantage of, and they just couldn't do it. Hey, but he got the extension. He did get an extension. Very yeah. weird timing. One-year extension, a little bit of a raise. So now they have Barry Lunny locked up through 2025. Listen, if Illinois beats Purdue, get some points on the board and go 9-3, and three, we're going to be happy he was extended. It's just weird timing. Yeah, they, they are averaging 83 more yards a game than last year. It's the biggest improvement in all of the Big Ten. Like, it is clear the offense is improved compared to Tony Peterson. It's just frustrating because they're a couple plays away from being 9-0. and Yeah. And we just haven't seen really Barry Lunny make adjustments to the play-calling short yard situations. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing that's holding him back. Because overall, I mean, yes, he is getting playmakers involved more. You know, there are, you know, Isaiah Williams has a lot more catches this year. Hightower has a lot more catches this year. They just got to fix some little things in the short end of the field. You got to imagine after what we saw last week that Isaiah is going to get the ball a lot this week, I think, because you Isaiah know. had about 100 yards and two touchdowns last week, but he did not get as many touches as he should have. No. Isaiah Williams was the biggest playmaker on the field period on Saturday and only got like six touches. His second touchdown. Just a little pitch play. It was the same play they ran against Indiana yeah. for the first touchdown. Yep. It works. Why don't you do that on third and two? He's like a Debo Samuel type. He loves to just shift through the defense and find his way into the end zone. Look at his first touchdown. Was first touchdown plus was yards. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, five catches, 98 yards. I'm sorry, you should have like 10. And we, you know, I've said it this week, especially on the radio, like it doesn't help when Isaiah Williams had a very good game, but he has a fumbling problem. Yes. Chase Brown has a fumbling problem. Your two pl- best playmakers have fumbling problems. And this is something you want to say, oh, we're getting this out of the way early. Against Indiana, they both fumbled. Iowa, Isaiah fumbles three times. Against Michigan State, Chase fumbles twice. Like, when are they going to hold on to the ball? When are the coaches going to put an emphasis on guys? You got to hold on to the ball. I don't know how you fix that, though. Like, is that coachable? Like, telling Chase Brown, the fifth-year senior – hold on to the football. Like, I I just feel like that's difficult. It's hard to, you know, you can practice it all you want, but then when you see a 300-pound Spartan running at you, maybe maybe practice, you know, goes away. I don't know. Is Chase Brown an NFL back? It's a good question. I don't know. Um, You you know, I don't think it would be the most surprising thing if we saw Chase Brown in a line uniform for another year. You know, if he runs a good... 40 time and impresses at the combine he could get drafted in the fifth or sixth round but he's not that bulky back that the nfl likes nowadays and the fumbles really don't help because at the nfl they're hitting harder stronger it's just such a more physical game and unfortunately for chase brown's case when he's been put in the most physical situations that's when he has not succeeded and he's not the fastest guy he's a workhorse like that's kind of he like reads the defense oh he's so patient the way he, he just, just reads the defense he waits behind the offensive line allows the blocks to get downfield and then he just bounces right like through. reggie love is faster 
than Chase. Brown. Oh, absolutely. But Chase Brown's ability to read the defense and shift through the linemen just sets him levels above a guy yeah. like Reggie Love. Yeah, he can finally open holes. Yeah. Um, Devon Witherspoon had a pretty good game against Jaden Reed, and I don't think he was covering him on his touchdown. So he has been faced with the team's number one receiver for we- uh, several weeks in a row now. And now he gets a different task with Charlie Jones because Charlie Jones is not a deep threat. He's more of an all-hands guy, you know, 10-yard type of uh, receiver. This is probably the key matchup for Purdue's offense because they don't run the ball very well. And do you expect Devon to perform as well as he had against guys like Jalen Reed and is Nebraska's top guy, Tyler Campbell? Or, you know, uh, Nebraska, Trey Palmer. Trey Palmer. Trey Palmer, one of the most explosive players can create separation. He did it against Witherspoon. And I think Trey Palmer is a more talented guy than uh, Jones. They're just different. They're different. I don't think this will be an issue. Like, he does not. Charlie Jones isn't overly athletic. Is he going to create separation against Witherspoon? I'm going to say no. Because more athletic guys have tried and they've not succeeded. I could see in a certain scenario, Charlie Jones just going like seven yard gain after seven yard gain after seven yard gain. But I don't see Devon or the Illinois defense giving up that explosive play. Like the 65 yard bomb against Indiana. And even if you against Michigan State, there was no super explosive play. They just marched down the field. And that's something Ryan Walters and the defense, you know, Andy Boone, Kevin Kane are going to have to get to the bottom of. The last touchdown. I would say it was a burn for Michigan State. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it was Jaden Reed that caught that, what, 35-yard touchdown pass? I think it was a miscommunication from a safety. Yeah, yeah. that's probably what it was. But and overall, the defense is good. The defense is not the issue. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. like, the key drive to me was after Hugh Robertson, Illinois' like 30-year-old punter, booted the punt into his own offensive lineman's behind, and then they get amazing, you know, field position on the 35 or the 40 or whatever it may be. Illinois gets them down to fourth and three. And instead of on Michigan state's own 35, well, it's on Illinois 30. There are no man's land. They go for it. They end up getting a touchdown. Like that is just one of the keys to the game for Illinois against Purdue is like these special teams mistakes have to stop because you've got to control field position. Yeah. It's going to be tough though. Interim head coach. I feel like Bielema, that's definitely a point of emphasis. Just clean up the team, Yeah, you know, clean up the turnovers, clean up the special teams. And they're a nine and zero football team right now. Yeah, which is insane to say. I the you know the argument is like if Illinois beats Indiana, well, do they lose to Minnesota? Do they lose to Maybe. Iowa? Do they lose to Wisconsin? Maybe yeah. might lose to Wisconsin. I know it was thirty four to ten, but there were a couple things that just set Illinois apart in the middle of the game after a close first half. I don't know. You know, we'll never know. So I you know I guess what's just nice to say is like each of the nine games, you can realistically say, yeah, Illinois should have won that game. Yeah. With Lovey Smith, you cannot say that. Like when you lose to Iowa 63 nothing, no, you should have not have won that game. Like when you lose to Northwestern and give up 400 yards yeah. with Lovey Smith, no, you probably shouldn't have won that game. Right. With Brett Bielma, they are in every game. Uh, is there a game besides like his the, whole tenure? The loss to Virginia last season. That wasn't a close game. Wisconsin. There's been two. You're right. Wisconsin on homecoming. So it's two home games. That's it. Yeah. Two games out of 22. And we'll obviously see how Michigan goes on November 19th. We'll see how Ohio State or Michigan goes in the Big Ten Championship if Illinois is fortunate enough to get there. But the way Brett's prepared the team has been good enough to the point that, like, okay, we're going to excuse him for one Michigan State loss. However, back-to-back losses with Purdue would be a very, very – you know, disappointing end of the season that's just started so well. Well, it'd be tough because you had 
the division in your sight. You had a Rose Bowl in your sight. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're going to Nashville. You're going to the Gator Bowl. You know, it just really hurt Illinois' momentum to recruits. Like yeah. when they're trying to get Malik Elzey, when they're trying to steal recruits from Michigan, it's because they're seven and one. It's yeah. not because they're seven and five. So, yeah, they got to keep winning to build that momentum for recruiting, which has hurt Illinois. Yeah, I don't know. Michigan, by the way, 31-point favorites against Nebraska this week. What's it going to be against Illinois? Let's say Illinois beats Purdue. Michigan beats Nebraska. They beat them by 30. Games in Ann Arbor. I would guess that the line would be like 12 and a half, 13. Yeah. I mean, people are going to think Michigan should win. And, yeah, I think Michigan's probably the front runner for the Big Ten. Probably the way Ohio State's played. Is it a hot take to say that, like, the, this might not be the Big Ten's year in football. Like, Ohio State has shown a lot of growing pains with the new receiving core. Like, they have not – their defense has been good, but C.J. Stroud has not played like, played like a Heisman candidate. He doesn't have Chris Olave or Garrett Wilson. On Michigan's side, they don't blow teams out. They no, just they take don't. care of business. And that's – it's like Michigan last year. It's the same team. Basically. Yeah. They, they did lose, like, the best one-two defensive lineman punch in the country. Oh, yeah. I mean, but yeah. They they reloaded, per se, kind of the way Georgia did. But, yeah. yeah. Be interesting week. You know, what's your prediction? I have uh, Illinois 28, Purdue 17. I think I'm going to go Illinois 24, Purdue 10. Purdue 10. I think Illinois is going to end up winning by about 14 because that's kind of what Illinois does. Yeah, they don't blow you out. No, they don't blow you out. And like 24-10 may seem like a lot. But like, look at Minnesota, 26-14. I think Minnesota and Purdue are very similar teams, by the way. Yeah. Minus Mo Ibrahim. But he was yeah. also sort of hurt, you know, for the Illinois game. But the passing game, I think, is very similar. They rattled Tanner very, Morgan. You have a very good quarterback with not a number one, you know, huge deep threat. And, a, and an O-line that's a middle of the pack. Michigan State's O-line was better than Illinois thought. They've got to get pressure on Aiden O'Connell, but that's kind of what teams have done to him the last few weeks. That's true. So I think 24 to 10, Illinois. If you're Jeff Brown, just throw a lot of screen passes. That's what hurt Illinois last week. That's what earned him. You take advantage of the defense that's trying to get a lot of pressure, but if you throw a screen pass, you're not going to get to the quarterback. Mm-hmm. And Illinois was not prepared for that asset of Michigan State. Yeah, other than the Illinois-Purdue game, there's not really a big uh, Big Ten game this week. Obviously, Illinois fans would have loved to get big noon kickoff, but they went to Columbus for Ohio State-Indiana, and I uh, guess that's what happens when you're the number two team in the country. so boring. 40-point favorites. They're going to win by 40. It's like 42-3 to three or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but, hey, Illinois is still in a position to go to the Big Ten West. They should feel fortunate for that, and they deserved it. So take care of business this week, and hopefully we'll You're see pretty much there. December 3rd. Yeah, because, yeah. you, you like you said, you got to think they'll take care of business against It'd them. be the worst loss of all time. That's what you said on the radio yesterday. I was just about to ask for the quote. It would be the worst loss of all time. You have a Big Ten championship on the line, and you lose to Northwestern. That is one win. I mean, that would be heartbreaking. How disappointing would that be? It just wouldn't make any sense. It would just be like – Northwestern's going to be 1-10. With losses to the three-headed monster, and the, Duke, and Southern Illinois, and Miami, Ohio. The best game they played all year was Ohio State, ironically. Seven. That's and literally – An-hour wins. I don't care. Poor. That's the best game they played all That's year. That's the Well, Nebraska was pretty good. Nebraska right, garbage, though. So Scott Frost is cursed. Yeah, the onside kick. Ugh. Go down in history. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode of the Daily Illinois Sports Podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Purdue, Illinois, Saturday morning, 11 a.m.